Okay, we're ready? Yes, sir. Last session. Last session, session number six. Everybody's glad, yeah? You have to throw away your rookie card. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you It's like my security blanket. Oh. I don't know about that. Are we going to see a video today? No. Okay. Did you want to? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can just turn on I and whoever. I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it. I'm not uh, number 10 or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so why are we doing this? I've, this is the sixth, well, so I've said it five times. Does anybody know why we're doing this? Talking about living in victory. So we can live in victory. So we can live in victory. So we can actually do what we're learning. So. Apparently, then I need to refresh your memory. Um, uh, this this message and how this is all structured and everything, and hopefully most of the f- content, um, God prompted me with, uh, led me with, and I think the the main reason is yes to live in victory. Obviously, we all want to live in victory. Um, but it really gets down to our purpose, especially our purpose here. Our purpose as uh, you want to come. Oh, sure. Our purpose as uh, members of RBCC is we're here to um, change the valley. We're here to have an impact on the Saint Croix River Valley, and. I think my opinion is the best way that we can do that is to demonstrate the, the word, demonstrate the power of God, live in victory, have you know, just, just have have the miraculous be happening in our lives. I mean, why not? We should be having the miraculous happening in our lives all the time, every day. That's right, and it can be. And that's when, when, and I think it's going to snowball because, you know, once it starts, it's just going to spread like wildfire, snowball wildfire. Same thing. Um, So that's, I mean, I want to have an impact and as a a church body, I believe we want to impact, have an impact, and I believe all of you want to have an impact. So that's why we need to live in victory. We need to understand how to live in victory. And obviously, a big a big part of it is faith. We're not going to receive the promises of God. We're not going to live in victory until we are able to lay hold of it by faith. And I've been talking about this every time. I I, I still think it's a great turn this on. Yeah, I still think it's a a great picture um, or or example. Um, Pastor John, a number of weeks ago now, talked about shalom. Nothing missing, nothing bro- broken. The peace of God. That's the, the Hebrew word for peace. It's shalom. Where um, he was talking about on one end is everything missing, everything broken. The other end is nothing missing, nothing broken. And it takes faith to bring ourselves, our lives, our families 
from one end, from everything missing, everything broken to nothing, missing nothing. It's going to take faith to drive our lives in that direction. So, you know, I think because this is the last session, I want to hit some of the highlights that we've gone over. Um, so, if you remember, there was three, there was three groupings um, of, of, of the sessions. So, the first session, the first two sessions were on love. The second two sessions were on faith. And now the last two sessions have been on hope. And that was a structure that I believe God led me to based on um, the end of 1 Corinthians uh, 13. Um, what is it? Now abide faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And based on my experience with living by faith, I know when God started to show me and really prompt me that I needed to have an understanding of His love is when my faith really started to get girded up. When it, when it started to become strong and more unmovable. I'm not going to say that I'm completely unmovable yet, but I'm working on it. Um, so as we, as we understand the goodness of God, as we understand how much He loves us and everything that He's done for us, we're going to have more confidence in Him, and we're going to have more faith. So uh, from the first session, faith is our trusting God to keep His word. When we understand how much God loves us and wants to bless us, our faith and our confidence will be stronger. Our faith will be much more consistent, unwavering, and unshakable. And I know, you know, I guess I, I hope you guys have been doing what you can to, to apply this, and hopefully you've been studying God's love and felt that strengthening, felt that increase in confidence as you're, as you're thinking about and meditating on God's love, how much He loves us, everything that He's done for us. Because I know when I was when I was doing research on that first session, it, it definitely helped me. So, from the first session, um, God wants to bless us. He is good. He's good only. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, "I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly." So from the first session, God wants to bless us. His will for us is good and good only. Okay? So I know one of the things that he had me early on think about and meditate on is I would con constantly be telling myself, okay, God, when, when some circumstance was trying to shake me, when, when the enemy was trying to get me to take his lies, one of the things that he, he would have me think about and meditate on is, and, and confess is, okay, God, I trust in you and your desire to bless me. I reject the enemy and his desire to hurt me. And it's our choice which one happens, right? We receive the blessing or we receive the curse. Based yeah, on... We get the curse if we don't receive it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Unfortunately. <clears throat> so that was God is God is good and good only. And then his love is unconditional. His love is unconditional. Regardless of what we do, regardless of how we act, his love is unconditional. Our problem is that we can't understand that completely. Because our love, unfortunately, is conditional to those around us. You know, I hate to say it, but you think about you think about your kids and when <laughs> if they're doing something you've told them 30 times not to do and they keep doing it, it's hard to love them. But fortunately, God's not like that. Um, and one of the things I had I had mentioned with respect to to God's love is it's it's easier for us to receive God's love, to receive his blessing when we realize who we are. We are a spirit. Right? We're a spirit. We have a mind and we live, we just live in this flesh. We have a body. So God sees us as our spirit is, which is perfect. It's pure and it's holy. So as we understand that, as we recognize that, it's important to understand that and recognize that because then it's going to be easier for us to receive from God and easier easier for us to have a relationship with Him. Okay. And then I talked about the natural progression should be as, as we understand how much God loves us, it's going to cause us to want more of Him. It's going to cause us to want to spend more time with Him. It's going to strengthen our relationship with Him. And then after that, the, as we get more and more full of God and more and more full of His love, it's going to gush out of us. We're going to want to reach out. We're going to start looking outside of ourselves and, and want to share the love of God with others. Um, one of the things that I didn't cover then um, which I thought I'd just mention quick one, one of the when I was when I was meditating on on God and my relationship with God one of the things that I believe he showed me was okay so it, God we're limited by time but God's not limited by time right so I, I believe one of the things that he showed me was, and this is my this is my opinion, okay. But think of our lives. Since God isn't limited by time, He can go to any of you when you're born and spend your entire life with you, not leaving your side. Because then if somebody was born the next day, he can go back in time and then do the same thing with that person. So it was, it really, well, I mean, it, it, if, if you think about the facts, well, so how many, God, how many times has God been in this room? If, if you think about that, you know, he's been here for each one of us. But... I think it really helps give it helped give me a, a visual um, image and 
I think it, it strengthened the relationship. If you think, you know, if you just think the, the possibility against my opinion, and I think, I honestly think it's how he wants us to think of it, that if he, from the day we're born, he is spending our lifetime with us, doesn't ever leave us. He's there every second, every moment. That could really change how we act. <laughs> well, he's Just, omnipresent. He's omnipresent. Exactly. He's omnipresent. So it's, I mean, it's kind of a neat way to, to think about it because he can just, he can go back in time and start with the next person. Go back in time and start with the next person. Yes. Don't you think that how, they res- how that person responds to God is really key in the time that he spends with them? Because it, it, uh, think about some people who grow up in a situation where their family is a total mess, you know, and they don't even see provisions for their daily needs. You know, for them, I think sometimes they've got a harder road up, if you will, to get to the point where they can really believe God for that kind of thing. But what does that, I mean... Are you are you thinking that would mean that God wouldn't necessarily be there at that time? No, he's still there. Right. He's very much there because he is omnipresent. Right. And and when we look back on our lives, I think we can see the many times that we thought he wasn't there. Right. Or we didn't see the evidence that we wanted. Right. But we could still see the evidence that he was there. But what I'm saying is we're not all on the same equal footing. We don't all start at the same place. And so God, in his love and mercy, goes back to each of us at the level where we're at. And he truly becomes our God, not just a God. Right. Well, but the difference, too, is once you become born again, he comes inside of you. True. So. True. But again, some of that depends on... When did you receive him? Right. You know, if you received him as a child, your concept and understanding is very different than yep. if you received him when you were 60. Yep. You know? Yep, definitely. So. so, session two, the second part of love was <clears throat> God loves us so much that he has given us everything we need to live in victory. He's equipped us with everything we need. So, he's given us dominion, he's given us authority. Actually, authority over our circumstances, authority over the enemy. He's given us the blood of Jesus. He's given us the name of Jesus. He's given us his word. And he's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit to empower us. But he's also given us the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us and guide us. Okay. Then the third session was on faith. Uh, The promises of God are yes and amen. So this... Really, the, the gist of this, this session was looking at um, the, the promise is, is established. It's done. It's, it's complete. It's already, our healing is already taken care of. Our provision is already taken care of. It's all provided by the grace of God. So with the new covenant, with the covenant of grace, 
everything's already done. It's a matter of us. I, I think I gave the example of the, the gift box. You have a big gift with a bow on it. All we're supposed to do, and that's in the, and on the outside it says, um, love God. Here's, here's my grace. And all we need to do is open it up, reach in by faith, take the promise that we need, and thank him. Thank him for it. If it's healing, healing is already done. It's already established. By his stripes, we were healed. Our provision is already taken care of. The blessing is already taken care of. It's already done. The blessing of Abraham is ours. So all of the all of the promises, his plan, his his plan for us was established according to the word before the foundation of the world. So everything we need to live in victory, all the promises are available. They're already available. It's not like we have to ask God to do something for us and and um, there's a really good article that I'm going to include with a handout. Um, it's Enter, Enter His Rest by Andrew Womack. So keep, keep that in mind. It's really good and it talks about everything is already taken care of. I don't... No, 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 no. It, I'm sorry. It's going to be included on the website. I, I, send, I send the handouts... To Greg and I, I usually send some recommended reading. That's that's listed as recommended reading at the end of this, end of this handout. So if you can, I recommend reading that. It's really good. That'll be on the RVC. RVCC. It'll be on the RVCC website. Yep. Um. So, the promises are available. And we we have legal right. I talked about the the daughter of Abraham, um, who, who Jesus healed. He said, "Why should this Why should this daughter of Abraham be bound by Satan these eighteen years?" We have a legal right. She had a legal right to healing. We have a legal right to the promises that are in the Word. And fortunately, well, and it depends on how you look at it, it can be good and bad, but we choose how we respond to the promise. We can either receive it or we can reject it. And then the promises, the, those promises are, are received by faith. <clears throat> and I've, I've covered this, I don't know, three, four times now, but faith is... Faith is what is required. Um, inheriting, so Romans 4.15 from the Amplified Bible, therefore, inheriting or receiving the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be an act of grace. So when we when we pray for something, in a lot of cases, such as an example, if it's for healing, if it's for provision, it's already established in the Spirit. It's already done, it's already taken care of, it's already available. And our faith is what brings it from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Our faith is required to open the door to God and His promises. Okay? So those, let's see, those are the highlights from that session. 
Um, session four. What to do after you have prayed? We need to. We need to realize that Satan is going to do everything he can to get us to let go of that promise, to get us to waver, to get us to doubt, to get us to get us into fear, get us into worry. He's going to do everything he can to shortcut our faith. So we need to keep that mind and guard guard our thoughts. So we need to be positive in our thinking. We need to guard our mind. And then <clears throat> talked about faith needing a target. Right? Faith faith needs a target. We need we need a promise that's a target of our faith. And it's that promise that creates hope. When you read when you read for the first time by the straps of Jesus, you're healed. That promise creates hope when you when you decide to believe that. So that the the target is what helps keep our faith consistent. It provides an anchor, right? If we look at uh, Hebrews six nineteen, this hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And the more more clear that mental images of that promise, that target, that hope, the more clear that is inside of us, the more consistent we're going to be, the more unshakable and unwavering we're going to be. All right, and then last time talked about, it was the, the first session on hope, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So this was this was talking about we were made for greatness. Right? We were made for greatness. God is inside of us. Because of that, we can do great things. We have the power of God inside of us. We have the wisdom of God inside of us. He has an amazing plan for us. The only thing that prevents us from achieving that plan and living the great life and living in greatness is our minds. So we were made to change the world. We were made to positively impact those around us. Okay. So, session number six. So I'm going to, the first part of this is a little bit of review. So Hebrews 11.1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So faith is the, the conviction, the confidence that what we're believing for, that promise that we're believing for, that that target of our faith is going to happen. Even though we might not see it in our lives, it might not have manifested in our lives in the natural. Faith is what lays hold of it. Faith is what gives it consistency. 
Okay. So hope is positive expectation. Typically, when in the in the New Testament, um, when you see hope, it's the Greek word elpis, which is translated expectation of good. Okay. So hope is positive expectation. It's it's having a, a positive expectation obviously of good. It's it's believing that God is good and that he's going to take care of us. That God has a great plan for us. It's just overall looking at our lives and in and having an expectation of good. And one of the things that um, that it's easy to slip into, depending on your your experiences, to get up and usually have an expectation of bad. Just live in dread. And I know I, I had mentioned in one of the previous sessions that for a lot of years that's that was how I lived when I was when I was really going through with the with the business. That is that was my life. That was my experience, and it wasn't any fun. But faith and hope has an expectation of good, has, has a mental image. It really comes down, and that's what it really comes down to. It's seeing yourself blessed, seeing yourself with provision, seeing yourself healed, having a general expectation of good things happening in your life, that God is going to take care of you. So that's what <clears throat> that's what hope is. Our faith will have staying power when we see ourselves with the answer. Right? That's faith that's faith having a target. <clears throat> which is which is hope. And meditation is important to create that image in our mind, <clears throat> in our imagination of having what we hope for and are believing for. We must see ourselves with what we are believing for. I think, I mean, and I mentioned in one of the previous sessions, that's been one of the big, big differences for me. Because I can, I can, I can guarantee you, I know, I know when, when I was going through that tough spot where I, I would wake up dreading the day, I was expecting something bad to happen that was my mental image I was expecting something bad to happen <clears throat> and God showed me that I needed to change it that I needed to and it came from no longer being focused on on his his word no longer being focused on him I was focused on the problems so if you take your eyes off of God and you start looking at what's going on around you, look at your circumstances, look at your problems. It's real easy to get there. Real easy to get to that place of dread. Okay. So how do we know if our faith, our hope, and our expectation is working? Okay, I see I did not put the verse in there. For who, having heard, rebelled... Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? 
Now with whom was he angry 40 years? This is from Hebrews. So it's before the verse below it. Hebrews 3 is maybe 17 or maybe it's after. So let me start again. Start over. For, for who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned? whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So <clears throat> we know our, fa our faith isn't working if we're not at rest. Right? If we're, if we're stressed, we're worried, we're anxious, we know that our faith is not working. We're, we're not looking at God and His promises. We're looking at the problems. We're looking at the circumstances. We're in unbelief. We're not believing His word. We're not believing His promise. If we have faith, we'll be in true peace. Correct. Correct. <clears throat> oh, I see what I did. Okay, so the start of it was Hebrews 3.16, and I go all the way to 4.3. Okay, so, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear. I find that interesting, that as far as I, and now granted I haven't studied this out completely, but it seems to me there's only two things that God tells us to fear. We reverentially fear him, and then we fear not entering into peace. Just interesting. Let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. The good news was preached to the Israelites. But the word which they heard did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in those who heard it. They could not receive it. They couldn't receive the promise because they didn't mix it with faith. For we who have believed do enter that rest. And that is the key. We who have believed, we who have faith, do enter that rest. If we were, so how do we know if our, our faith, our hope, and our expectation is working, we will live in rest. We will be at peace. And a lot of times I know, I know even today, <clears throat> like I said, like I said earlier, um, a, little, a little earlier here, the enemy is going to do everything he can to get you to reject the word, to get you to doubt. And I think his goal is that he wants to get you upset. He wants to get you stressed out and worried because he knows he knows you will not live in the fullness of God you will not be able to receive what God has for you if you are in doubt stressed out worried anxious he knows that when you get to a place of rest that's when God can work on your behalf yeah, if we have if we have true faith in God and what's going to happen, we wouldn't have any unrest or fear or all those other things. Exactly. Because if you really believe it's going to happen, you believe in God and, and faith that it's going to happen. Yep. 
And that's where that's where the uh, the hope comes from, the expectation comes from, um, and that's why it's so important to meditate on the word, because it's it's crucial that you see yourself. You must see yourself with what you're believing for. You must see yourself healed. You must see yourself prosperous. You must see yourself successful. That is what, and and that has been, I'll stress it over and over and over again, that has been the main thing that has changed my, my experience in life. Is getting to the place, you know, I don't know, I went, I went years and years and years, and I'm sure you all did, assuming that if I'm confessing the word, I'm in faith. Mentally assenting, mentally acknowledging, okay, God's word says this, so I must have that. But I was always wondering why I never had peace. I rarely had peace. It seemed like I was always, there was always some pit in my stomach or, you know, in my chest. It was easy for me to get worried. It was easy for me to waver because it wasn't settled in my heart. It was in my head. It was not settled in my heart. So when you meditate on the word, that's when it goes from your head into your heart. And that's that's when you can experience rest. If we are in faith, we'll be at peace and rest. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God entered God's rest has also rested from his work as God did from his. And I think that's this is this is really good to remember because the other thing that we can do to ourselves is assume everything relies on us. Where we're striving, we're straining, we're working, we're we're assuming that our prosperity, our blessing relies on our effort. Let us strive, therefore, to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So, I don't know, I'm assuming we've all experienced the same thing, where it doesn't automatically happen. Rest doesn't automatically happen. It's something we need to... It's something we need to strive for, but it's it's more... being determined to pursue it, being determined to press towards it. If we're, if we're not in, in, and it mainly comes in, if for what some reason you're not experiencing it, be determined, okay, something's not right. My, my mental image isn't where it needs to be. I don't, I'm not seeing this clearly in my mind's eye. My hope isn't what it needs to be. I need to take some time and just focus on the Word. Read the Word. Meditate on the Word. Get that image reestablished. Every time, every time I've done that, it's, it's, it's come back. The, the peace and the rest has come back.
So the Christian life should be easy and restful. Does everybody agree with that? The Christian life should be easy and restful. Are our lives easy and restful? Yeah, I'm not as consistent as I know I need to be. And I wanted to, I went over this, uh, I don't know if it was the last time or the time before, but I want to go over it again, that um, healing testimony by Creflo Dollar. So he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and he's going over the revelations that he got in the process of... um, getting his healing and he did he did get healed of prostate cancer um so he talks about revelation number one rest the work is done the work is done the promise is already established the word is already established his healing was already taken care of after i told taffy that's his wife about the diagnosis i got to work i went to the other side of our house and began to meditate on and confess the word while one part of me focused on the word, the other part fought to remain in a place of rest. And I, I think that's an interesting term because, we, you know, we all know the, the, uh, the fight of faith occurs in our minds. So that's where the fight is. The other part fought to remain in a place of rest. My body had yet to manifest my healing. In essence, I had to believe against or in spite of my body. I learned firsthand that it's one thing to say something is true, but it's another to believe so strongly in God's faithfulness and the integrity of his word that one lives in a place of rest, confidently relying and trusting in him. This um, believing strongly in God's faithfulness and the integrity of his word, that comes from meditation. The only way... We, we, must be, we must be meditating on Him. We must be focused on Him. We must be thinking about Him, His Word, His greatness, His power, His promises. And when we do that, that's when we are confidently relying and trusting in Him. If I had stayed focused on the doctor's report, I would have strengthened my faith in the cancer more than I would have strengthened my faith in the healing that had already been provided for me. Instead, I walked up and down the hallway saying, Thank you, Jesus. Thanksgiving allowed me to stir up my faith and get to a place of rest. I also began meditating on the Word and spending even more time in God's presence. All of these proved important elements to entering into rest. Here's another key statement. It wasn't a matter of God healing me. He had already done that. I was merely laboring to enter into rest so the healing could manifest. So that is a tremendous example of living in rest. Focusing so much on God, His His Word, His promises, that you're stable, you're steady, and that's what that's what the living in rest does for us. So again, how do we know if our faith, our hope, our expectation is working? We will live in peace and rest. The other thing hope does is it causes joy. Okay? 
The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The only, the only way we can have this type of joy is when we are expecting the promises of God to manifest in our life. The only way we can be experiencing <laughs> truly experiencing that joy is by our seeing ourselves with the answer, with the promise. Our seeing ourselves with the healing, the provision, whatever it is. We need to be so convinced that it's ours, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. And when we're at that point, we, we will experience joy. So may the God of hope, Romans fifteen thirteen. may the God of hope. So God is a God of hope, right? He's not a God of terror. He's not a God of pain. He's not a God of suffering. He's a God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing, okay? In believing, in our faith. So we'll be filled with joy and peace when we believe, when we have faith. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Okay? So we will experience peace and joy through faith. And in the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will experience hope. We will abound that we will abound in hope. Success or are you experiencing more of the same, more of the trouble that you're experiencing, more of the problems? Yeah, you're right, 100%, Larry. Hope. Oh, wait a second. Is that right? That's a second. Okay, I didn't. Okay, I'm, I'm good. Hope. Expecting good. Expecting the promises of God to be manifest in your life. Clearly seeing yourself with God's promises in your mind's eye, that will produce joy. So, like I said, that's, <clears throat> that's why meditation is so important. We need to meditate on the goodness of God. We need to meditate on His Word. We need to meditate on His promises so that it becomes so real inside of us it does not it absolutely does not matter what's happening around us we're so convinced that we're blessed we're so convinced that God is taking care of us it doesn't matter what's going on around us it doesn't matter what contrary circumstances we're experiencing around us Romans 5, 2. 
Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope. So we rejoice in hope. Hope is what gives us joy. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And then uh, if you all know Nehemiah 8. And Nehemiah was the governor. So if you remember, um, Nehemiah and Ezra were reading the word to the Israelites. Okay? So Nehemiah was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, the Levites who taught the people, said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. So I'm assuming they were so distraught by the fact that they were not living according to the law of God. Then Ezra told them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. And do and be not grieved and depressed. So I think this is <laughs> this is a rebuke that we should take to heart. He they're they're telling them, Don't be sad, don't be grieved, don't be depressed. Don't mourn. Don't weep. Be joyful. For the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. So it's the joy of the Lord that, that gives us strength. And I, I, I hope we've all experienced that. It's the joy of the Lord that, that strengthens us, that girds us up. And joy comes from hope. <clears throat> And then this is this is the opposite. Second Corinthians seven ten, for godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world, worldly sorrow, the sorrow that the world experiences, produces death. So from these verses, we can we can say that joy strengthens our spirit. Depression drains our spirit. So as we're and I think I, I think we can probably extrapolate and say that since hope produces faith or produces joy, as we're developing our hope, as we're experiencing, as as we're we're so convinced that God God's word is true, and that we're if we're not experiencing it now, we're going to experience it. As that produces joy, it's going to strengthen us. Strengthen us. It's going to. It's. It's like it's charging our spirit. It's charging us up. It's giving us energy. And I, I have to believe we've all experienced the reverse, where <clears throat> if we allow discouragement, depression, fear, you can feel it drain you. You can. Feel Feel it drain your, you know, your spirit. You can feel it sap you of energy. So we need to be focused on joy. And this was this was interesting. I got a, I got some of this material from a really good uh, sermon series by Keith Moore, "The Joy of Faith." It's really good. It's and it's free on his website. But one of the things that he says um, is doubt 
complains, despairs, and is sad. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. And I think we've we've experienced either of those. Okay? Now, I want to take it a little further. Hope creates excitement. Okay? I I think, and actually, didn't Andrew Womack talk about that that we should be getting up so excited if we're if we're meditating on God if we're meditating on his word if we're developing our hope and our expectation we will get up in the morning so excited about what God has in store for us that day if you're if you see yourself like I, I'll keep saying, if you keep your, if you see yourself blessed, if you see yourself prosperous, if you see yourself successful in your mind's eye, if you see God taking care of you, you're going to get up in the morning excited. You're going to get up in the morning, and you can't wait for what God has in store for you. But even more so, what He's going to do through you, what He's going to arrange, who He's going to have you touch and help and impact. And I think, I honestly think, if we go around excited all the time, that's when we're going to have an impact on the world around us. That's that's when we become world changers. Just as long as you don't become annoying. Um, but if you're if if you live in excitement, if you live if you live in joy and rest and excitement, people are going to take notice. They're gonna see. They're gonna see. Okay, wait a second, Tom. There's something different about that guy. What's going on with him? And they're gonna want to know. Even apart from the miraculous, if they see your, if they see you living in excitement, in joy, people are gonna take notice. And it's up to us to live there. It's not up to God. It's up to us to live there. Okay. So, from Romans 12, 12, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Okay, that Greek, that word rejoice is the Greek word, I think it's karo, not charo. So caro, which means to rejoice, be glad, to rejoice exceedingly. It is the same Greek word that is also found in the following verses, Matthew 2.10. When they saw the star, okay, the, the, before the birth of Christ, or I guess this was maybe right after, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. To me, you can con- conclude that they were excited. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Matthew five twelve. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so pu- persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I have to. I mean, that's. Hope creates excitement. Rejoice in hope. Be exceedingly glad in hope. 
if our hope, our faith target is clear in front of us, okay? If we clearly see ourselves with the answer, with the victory, what we're believing for, if our mental image of ourselves living in victory is so clear and strong that we are not moved by our circumstances, we will be excited because of that, from that expectation. And I think that this truly is the 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 benefit the I think this is why God continually is telling us to meditate on his word meditate on in on his word meditate on his word he told Joshua to meditate on his word because he knew that's what was required to be successful we need to meditate on his word that's why it is it is so important for us as much as possible to be and not just reading the word I think I had mentioned last time for years I read the Bible that was my daily routine I read the Bible got very little out of it it wasn't until I started mentally applying it to my life mentally picturing how my life would be as the word was applied to my life that it made a difference, that I really started to understand the Word, where it really started to open up to me, where it started to become alive to me. It was from thinking about it, like like I've been saying, meditating on it, imagining it, because there's so many different facets of the Word. It's alive. His Word is alive. And we can, God, God can show us that when we're thinking about it, meditating on it, meditating on His Word. And Brian, I think today a lot of people are sick because they have a lack of hope. It says somewhere in the Bible that the lack of hope makes the heart grow cold. Hope deferred. Yep. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Sick. Or sick makes the heart sick. Yep. So that's pretty good evidence. Yep. Yep, definitely. Okay. Any any questions or anything so far? Now we'll hit the last two of uh the seven steps to answered prayer. So Hagen step number six, continually thank God for the answer. And this is this is a quote from him. Step number six to receiving answered prayer is in your every waking moment, think on the greatness of God and his goodness and count your blessings. This will increase your faith. Lift your heart to God continually in increasing praise and gratitude for what he has done and for what he is doing for you now. Okay. So, there's a quote that I'm missing, I think. So you're on page three, right? Okay. All right. 
So let's see what, what Thanksgiving does for us here. Genesis, no, well, this is Romans 4. <clears throat> About Abraham. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Okay, so apparently, as uh, apparently another way for us to build our faith is praising God, and I, I venture to guess everybody's experienced that. And uh, in, in, I guess just logically think about it: if we're praising Him, if we're not just doing it mindlessly and repeating words, if we're truly thinking about Him, okay, we're focused on. Him. We're focused on His Word. We're focused on His power, His goodness, His majesty, His might. That's going to build us up. That's going to strengthen us. That's going to build our faith. Uh, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I... And I don't know if I'm the only one. <clears throat> I remember years ago reading this and thinking, Rejoice in the Lord always. How? How can you do that? <clears throat> I can kind of understand. Um, do I also get oh, down a little ways? So, Rejoice always. First uh, Thessalonians 5.16 Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give give thanks. I can understand the giving thanks part of it because by then I had experienced praising him, focusing on him, lifting him up, building me up. But I didn't understand how you could rejoice in the Lord always. Truly, truly be joyful. Truly rejoice in the Lord always. And since, since God has been dealing with me about meditation and seeing myself with the answer seeing myself with the promise i understand now how you can rejoice in the lord always if you're truly seeing yourself victorious regardless of what you're what you're experiencing if you truly are seeing yourself living in victory you're seeing yourself with the promise whatever you're believing for if you truly see yourself with it and you're ex- expecting it, you will be joyful. You will be praising God regardless of what stuff, trouble, problems, contrary circumstances might be going on in your life. And I can say, you know, over the last six, six to nine months, I've, I've been able to do that. It's not been, unfortunately, not as consistent as I want to be, but... That has been the that's been the difference. Getting to the point with your hope, with your expectation, where you close your eyes and you can see it. That's how you can rejoice always. Okay, 
I don't know. What am I getting to here? So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Okay, this is what I'm getting to. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So thanksgiving helps get you to that place of peace, that place of rest, that place of joy and excitement. And again, just logically think about it. If you're thinking, if you're in praise and thanksgiving, you're thinking about God. You're thinking about how awesome and amazing he is. You're thinking, thinking about how great he is. Hopefully you're meditating on it. You're going over it in your mind. That is going to help. Thanksgiving helps get you to peace, rest, joy, excitement. Okay, we already went over this. First Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The only way we can truly rejoice always, the only way we can truly give thanks in everything is through faith. Like I said, having an expectation of victory regardless of the circumstance. So again, having the, a mental image of your, whatever you're believing for, your victory, so clear in your mind, that it doesn't matter what's going on around you. <clears throat> okay. Taking step number seven, make every prayer a statement of faith. <laughs> and there's two quotes that I pulled out from, uh, from the book. From, one from Smith Wigglesworth, if you pray seven times for any one thing, you prayed six times in unbelief. Next one from Andrew Murray, it's not, it's not good taste to ask God for the same thing over and over again. So just, I mean, just think about it. Say... What, what about the scripture that says, ask and keep on asking? But are you asking... Well, I think it depends on how you ask. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in, in, so in, let, me, let me give an example, okay? So I go to the neighbor... And uh, say I ask him to borrow his chainsaw. Chainsaw. <laughs> I ask him. I ask to borrow his chainsaw. He says, "Sure, go ahead. It's in the it's in the garage." So I leave, go to my house without the chainsaw. I don't claim it. I go back the next day. Hey, can I borrow your chainsaw? Sure. It's in the garage, like I told you. Go go get it and use it. I leave, go to my house, don't claim it. I go back the third time. Hey, can I borrow your chainsaw? Uh, yeah, I already told you, you could borrow it. Go into the garage and grab it and use it. When, in my mind, that's what God is thinking. When you go, God, can you please, please heal me of my foot ailment? You ask it one day. 
And he's, he's saying, yes, it's done. But then you go back and ask him again. He's wondering, I already took care of it. Why are you coming back to ask me? So I think that's if, when you, when you truly pray in faith, when, when you pray, you're, you believe you take it. Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. So when you pray by faith, you pray in faith, you don't need to ask it again because your praying in faith has received it. You're believing you have it. Does that, make, that doesn't make sense. No, it makes sense. Okay. I'm just, I'm just thinking that I'm relating to God as a child and a parent. I mean, a ch- yeah, a child and a parent. He's the parent. I'm the child. Well, you know, I might have asked my dad for the same thing more than once. Right. And sometimes he, being a human being, might have gotten mad. But other times, he knew that I was just checking to be sure that's something he was still working on. Well, and I, you know, I think regardless of what he do, he loves us and he's going to listen to us and he's going to dote on us. But as far as our receiving it, if we keep asking for it, we haven't received it. In our mind, we haven't we haven't received it. If we keep going back, if we keep going back and asking God for the same thing over and over and over again, it's because we're not going to believe we have it until we see it. It's the, yep, it's, it's realizing that whatever I'm believing for, whatever I'm, I've prayed for, it's already done in the spirit. It's already done. And my faith is bringing it from the spirit realm to the natural realm. And don't you see that sometimes when you're asking for something, you begin to, as you think about it, you begin to get more detail to it? Sure, yes. You know, I mean, you might say, God, I I want a house. Well, you know, a house and a house, I mean, they're two different things, you know. One could be a six-bedroom and one could be a one-bedroom bubble. And that's, but that's also the importance of meditation. Mm-hmm. You need to go. You need to be going over in your mind. You need to be picturing this. And as you start yes. picturing it, you're thinking, "Oh, yeah, I need. I don't need three bedrooms. I need four bedrooms. I don't need two exactly. bathrooms. I need two and a half bathrooms." Right. Exactly. Yeah. And part of the powerful piece of that is that then once God gives you that promise and you see exactly what you asked Him for, like with my house, for example, I mean, He gave me everything I wanted. And stuff I didn't even need. Right. But things that he knew I would enjoy. Right. Which is so amazing. Yep. You know? Yep. But I had to keep saying, I really like this too, God, if that's okay. Right. You know? Right. And then trying to... But, that's, but each, time, each time you realize, you know, I need this too, and I need this too, that's a new prayer. Right. Yes, really. you're right there. Right. Yep. It's not the same prayer. Right. It's just part of, it's like an add-on. Yep. And, and Hagen goes over a couple examples where um, there's an example where he was, I think he was visiting in a church. Uh, and it must have been, he must, he must, I think he was there for several weeks. And somebody came in and said, we need to pray for sister so-and-so. Um, she's close to death. 
And sure, okay, they prayed, they all agreed. Um, but then the next week, that same woman said, okay, she got mostly healed, but not all the way healed, so we need to pray again for her. And in Kenneth's spirit, he knew, okay, no, we, we can't be doing this. Um, but he didn't feel right speaking up. And even though she she was getting better, once they really removed their faith from it, she died. So, shouldn't, yes, Larry? Shouldn't we be asking once and thanking after? Yes, yes. If we... Uh, if you're going to pray again for something, don't pray the same prayer again because that would be assuming that the prayer the first time you prayed wasn't answered. Remind God, like you said, Larry, remind God of his promise. Tell him that you are expecting it and then thank him for the answer. Okay. Just to wrap up here, I want... I want us all to realize that as far as living in rest, living in joy, living in peace, even living in excitement, it's up to us. We choose. It's up to us to get ourselves stirred up. It's our choice. You choose what you receive into your mind and into your life. You choose life and blessing or death and cursing. You choose what you think on and what you meditate on. Are you causing trouble over there? (laughs) You choose to be filled with joy or depression. You choose to be at rest internally or in turmoil. One One of the... Uh, another one of the big revelations that God gave me when I was figuring all this out, figuring and understanding the importance of rest, was that you don't need to receive anything else. You don't need to receive dread, discouragement, doubt. I what, what I was doing is I would start to feel something other than peace, and I would start to <laughs> worry because I was worrying or doubting or fear. You know, fear was coming into my spirit, and God showed me no. Just like you resist the devil, in you know, resist his lies in other ways. That's another key way. No. You might have, it probably came about because you thought something you shouldn't have thought. You let us, you know, you let a lie in. You received a lie. And the enemy is a slick, lying piece of dirt. He's not going to play nice. So there's, I mean, I can remember days, I had a busy day. Beginning of the day was great. The end of the day, I'm thinking, what in the world happened to me? I feel like I've been run over. You know, the peace is gone. It's just weird. Somewhere along the way, I received a lie. And when, getting back to what I, was, what I was talking about, God showed me you stand against it. <clears throat> just like you 
you command sickness to leave your body, command fear, command dread, command doubt, command that's a spirit. Those are all spirits. Command them to leave your body. Oftentimes, with that, I need to work on my meditation. I started to see myself not in victory. I started to see myself, you know, I started to see the circumstances instead of the promise. So, uh, for me, that was an that was an important revelation. We don't need to receive the crud, whether it's illness, whether it's fear, doubt. We don't need to receive it. Okay, and then with respect to our choice, I mean, let's just ask ourselves the question: How did Jesus live? You know, did he live in turmoil? Did he live? Granted, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was under pressure. But he didn't, I mean, he never sinned. So he didn't doubt. He didn't let fear in. He didn't let worry in. He never questioned God. So since he's the prototype, since he's the firstborn among many brethren, he's our example. So he never lived in the crud that for some reason, you know, and it's because of living in this world for whatever period of time before you're born again. And even depending on the denomination or whatever, you, you assume you need to receive the crud like everybody else. You need to, you need to accept the fear. You need to accept the trials. You need to accept the the dread and we don't need to it's a lie it's an absolute lie okay so main point of this session living in hope or confident expectation will produce peace rest joy and excitement and those are, in my mind, those are, those are really the key measures. You can gauge your faith by looking inside and getting a sense for, okay, am I at peace or not? Am I at rest? And for, for me, getting, getting, getting into rest... It's almost for me it's almost a mental exercise because I need to go through and process everything is already taken care of. I can rest when I know everything is already taken care of. My needs are already met. It's done. I don't need to be concerned about how God's taken care of it. My healing is already done. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to try to figure it out it's not on me. God's taking care of it. And that's it's really casting the care. I go through what what there's there's two things I do. I go through the process of casting my cares. Okay. Gotta get rid of that one. Gotta get rid of that one. Gotta get rid of that one. Cast them cast them out and keep them <laughs> cast away. Don't let them come back because oftentimes they will and you just deal with it again. 
But then after that, it's just, just recognizing, okay, that's all taken care of. God is taking care of it. He is the perfect caretaker. He can do a much better job with it than you can. So accept that he's taking care of it. And then, like I said, just go through in your mind. It's done. Everything is done. Everything that I'm believing for, all the promises are done. God is working it out. I am going to maintain rest. I'm going to maintain my my faith by being at rest and allow God to work on my behalf. That's when, like like Creflo Dollar said, he we strive to maintain to live in rest so that the healing can manifest, so that the provision can manifest whatever it is you're believing for can manifest does that make sense okay any questions yeah I have, I have a question what about uh, it says faith without works is dead what is the works is that the getting rid of the crud and well in my in my mind it's in I did I was just going through my mind oh man if I didn't cover that somewhere I should really be in trouble I think I did a couple times ago I think I did a couple times ago in a a little but um, but it's you know faith without works faith without action so you know as an example your your action proves your faith so yeah I mean if you're if you're sick and you're believing to be healed so you can do something, move forward and do it. Um, like for me, with you know, with respect to uh, um, owning business, I can remember visiting a new f- visiting a facility um, closer to Stillwater, visiting a facility and recognizing God telling me this is it. And then swallowing hard and taking the step of doing it because it was going to be more money. It's you know bigger, nicer, more money. Going through the process of doing it. In my mind, that's that's the works part of it. Makes sense. And then you're back to don't have a gap. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, and I honestly think, I know, in my, and I just look at my life and how many times I, I was believing for something and then God said, do this. I was like, mm, yeah, maybe, maybe not. You really got to have both. You know, like, I was born and raised Catholic, and the Catholics believe you got to work your way into heaven, you got to work your way into this, and yep. things, you got to work your way into the blessings. Yep. And born again Christians, many of them believe everything is done strictly by faith. Right. It really is both. It's both. Yep. You, there's, a, there's a ditch on either side. Yeah. Because if you just sit on the couch and say, you know, shower me with all these blessings, and I'm going to eat potato chips and drink beer. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. It's so. <laughs> it is so easy. I mean, and it depends, and and it depends on your personality because I know 
I tend to be, you know, maybe more in, in, in the work environment, I tend to be the type that, the type that just goes and gets it done. Where I, and now I know that I'm supposed to follow after peace. It's stinking hard to do because you just get, you just get going and you get momentum and you just do it. So it's, but it's it's recognizing it's and I think that's where it's so important that we need to be led by God. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit because He only God only the Holy Spirit can can keep us from going into either of those ditches. It's so that's through through all of this, you know, guarding your hearts. That's what guarding. I think I. I said a number of sessions ago, I think that's the most important, one of, one of the most important scriptures. Guarding your heart with all diligence for out of flow of the issues of life. Because if you, and, and that, is, that is one of the issues with letting the crud into you because you cannot hear the voice of God. If you're stressed, if you're worried, if you're anxious, we cannot be led by God. He will not lead us out of what we're going through. I think Brian deserves a hand. Thank you. Thank you for being a good, gracious audience. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you.